0: We welcome all who come to St. Anne's today, and for those who join us by way of live stream in spiritual communion, know that you are always united with us by bonds of charity and prayer as you gather in prayer with us today, praising the Lord and offering him fitting worship. This gospel, frankly, I'll be very honest, I don't like. I don't like this one, I'm sorry. I know that sounds scandalous to you, but I'll be honest, love your enemies? No. Someone who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other one as well? I call that abuse. Someone who has taken money from you and says, i just like to borrow it. I'll pay you back. And then doesn't. That's called stealing. In my book. At least. I don't like this one. Because it's just not fair. It's not fair. So I don't know how to make sense of this one because it seems to fly in the face of everything that I learned growing up. Defend yourself. Make sure that nobody bullies you, you got to fight them back. Eye for the eye, tooth for the tooth. You curse me, I'll curse you. You get angry at me, I'll get angry at you. I mean, Yeah, Jesus says, love your enemies. He doesn't say, like your enemies. I'm trying to justify things here a bit. But it's a hard one, isn't it? Now, if someone were to simply tell you, look, this is how you live your life. You love your enemies, and you do good to people who are bad to you, and you don't judge them, you forgive them, and all that nice stuff. You would say, well, that's kind, but naive, right? That's very naive. But friends, it's not just anyone telling us this today. No, this is our Lord. The Lord Jesus is saying this. So he doesn't mess around with his words. He's very emphatic. He goes to great length to describe what love is in terms of relationships, especially the ones that are difficult. In marriage, family life, at work, your neighbors, in the church, it doesn't matter. It's personal and it's public and relationships at every level get into this tension where Someone has hurt me and I want to seek a fair exchange. We call that justice. So how do you make sense of this one? Well, let's take our cue from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the second reading today, in which St. Paul makes a distinction between the earthly Adam and the heavenly atom so the earthly atom is the natural what i'm going to call the world of transaction transactions you put the money in you expect something back you do this and you expect that back someone does this to you you respond in the transaction of that relationship. And that seems fair. That's just, it seems. And we all go home a little happier. But St. Paul is saying there's another dimension to our nature in the human psyche that is the heavenly Adam. It's a different way of looking at relationships not as transaction, but as relational in light of the fact that each one of us is made in the image and likeness of God. So I can't treat you anymore in transaction the way the world looks at it, because the world basically looks at each one of us as an economic quantity. We're here to basically serve in some way the big picture of the economy, of growth. That's the way the world looks at people, transactions. They're to be used for some pragmatic purpose. But the heavenly sense is a way in which we look at each other as made in the image and likeness of God so that I don't treat you the way the world says I should treat you but the way God has revealed the way I should treat you. Because it's so easy to say that every time I get hurt, I'm a victim. Okay, now that's gonna be true at some stage or some event of your life. You're a victim, you've been hurt, That's the understanding of the world. You've been hurt and therefore get even. Fight back, do something about that. But the heavenly Adam, the heavenly nature tells us to look at victimhood, my hurt, my pain, my suffering, what's happened to me in light of that, in light of our Lord, who is victim. Can you imagine? There's no other religion the world has ever professed in which God becomes the perfect victim of hatred. They did not love him, they condemned him, they would not forgive him, they spat on him, they crucified him. The God-man Jesus, So I mean, this is amazing, in any other religion, God would never undergo that, victimhood, suffering, pain, death. So see, we put on now the eyes of, of the new Adam in light of Christ, and we say, OK, how do I approach relationships when I get hurt, when I'm the victim? Well. Each one of us can respond differently, but each one of us has to respond if we're truly disciples of Christ that way. I will offer this as a way of participating in his suffering, in his pain, in his victimhood. I'm going to offer this this is my cross. Not easy. None of us likes the cross. So many people say to us look, you Catholics always keep Jesus on the cross. Why did you take him down and make it just the empty cross, not a crucifix, not a body? Just just that was all past. Remember, he's victorious now over sin and death. Take the body down. But we don't do that. Why? Because for us, as Catholics, the cross of Jesus is still real. I mean, think about it. Even after his resurrection from the dead, bodily glorified, he appears to the disciples and shows them his wounds. And they're open wounds. They're not cured. They're open Come on, Thomas, put your hand into these nail marks. Put your hand here into my gut. See where they threw the spear at me? So even in the resurrection, Christ is showing the wounds of his crucifixion. So it's still real. It doesn't go away. What goes away is the perspective to let go of the earthly Adam the earthly sense of transaction. I want to get even, I want to get back. Versus, no, I'm going to let go of this. Not easy, but let go. We've been talking about letting go, letting go these last weeks. Our Lord is preparing his disciples as he constantly is reminding us to let go. Because what happens is if we keep with the earthly atom attitude to transactions with each other, it eats us up. I mean, even after I win the lawsuit, I'm still angry, if that's the attitude I have. Even after someone pays me back or some of it, I'm still angry because they didn't do it on time. They didn't honor their word. I don't like them anymore. I don't have nothing to do with them anymore either. It's interesting to ask young people what they feel about the masks that we wear. Now with all the transition to wearing them or not wearing them, and so many kids are saying, look, I, I see people that wear it, and if I'm wearing it, I like them. If they're not wearing it, I don't like them. Or if they have it pulled down below their chin, they're not my type. They're they're making a statement, and I don't like them. I've judged them. So stop judging, Jesus says. Look into their eyes and see perhaps someone who's suffering, someone in pain, someone lonely. Look at the opportunity there to love them not to like them, not to approve, but to go deeper into that heavenly sense of love. And it's gonna be patience, a suffering love, so often, with your spouse, your children, your parents, family, neighbors, schoolmates, employees, employers, the whole scene of what's happening in the world, politically it's a difficult task that's the cross there's no way around it we can hide it we want it to go away we might say well i have answers to solve that problem well maybe maybe not but if we stay with this earthly atom of transactions eye for the eye tooth for the tooth stuff What it does is it's to consume us. It it, it eats us up. It makes us angry, frustrated, irritable, bitter, curmudgeons. Anybody know curmudgeons? Do you live with them? Everything is always a negative. Everything is always angry. You could say, what a beautiful day. It's going to get cold tomorrow. isn't it wonderful that we can move on from this no no nothing changes people are bad so is it attitude they're angry they're curmudgeons they're awful people so how do i love those kinds of people i don't like them jesus does not say like your enemies he says love your enemies okay so i'm going to look into their eyes and see the curmudgeon whom I don't like, but I would see the face of the suffering Jesus because they're suffering. And when I give that love that way, as Jesus says, I receive back a gift. What? Yeah. When I give away, I receive back a blessing. Anytime I do good, out of love for Jesus, even if I can't love that person, but I do it out of love for him, I receive a gift. I can't measure it, maybe. Maybe I can't take it to the bank, literally. But it's an investment that God will make in my soul. It's a blessing when I give and give away. When I let go of the grudge, when I let go of this and let go of that, it's a blessing it makes life very joyful do you know what i'm talking about you find joy when you let go you find your peace you find greater stability you find your confidence you find your courage you find a sense of god's love again and the more and more we practice that that habit of love of neighbor especially the ones that are difficult, I become a living icon of the mercy of God. See, this is what he wants us to do. He wants us to imitate that, to imitate that mercy, that forgiveness. Not because it's just naive. No, it's not naive. Not because it's just a sweet philosophy. No, it's not just a sweet philosophy. It's real, it's powerful. It changes people's lives. It changes our life because of what he's done. So think about this, reflect on this. As difficult as the gospel may be, try to find today the sense of the heavenly nature. Now you have that by baptism. You have that through confirmation, you know that. But you have to invest that, again, in him. Who will invest it in you? If you but believe that you can be the icon of his mercy to people most in need, all around you. So before you lash out, get quiet and pray. Before you make those decisions that I'm so mad, I'm gonna even, just chill out. Pray, pray. And for every moment of prayer in breath, my guess is it dispels the transaction to get even. And says, no, I'm not going to allow that to make me angry. I'm not going to allow someone else's sickness to make me sick. That's a beautiful power, friends. you all have that. Pray for that. The Lord will give you that strength. I like this gospel now. I hope you do too.